Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Helen and this is Wine Face. Wine Face is my podcast about wine and with people and vibes, more wine and who makes it and how it's grown. I have a shop on Fairfax Avenue in Los Angeles. It's called Helen's Wines. It's in the back of John and Vinny's. Come check us out if you're in LA. Otherwise, you can visit us online, helenswines.com or at helenswines on Instagram. But this is Wine Face. And today, we are taking it to a boudoir level. No, t- today it's kind of a cross intersection of what I like to call bearskin rug wines. So, wines you might want to drink with your partner if you're going to get into some sexy times. Um, but it's also sort of a brief introduction to a different set of podcasts that we're going to be exploring about winter reds. There's such a seasonality in wine that I don't think people often think about. There's certain wines that are released at certain times of year. I can't buy them all year round. And it, it kind of, they, these wines go with whatever we're eating at the time or the vibes, or if you're putting on a turtleneck, or if you have a fire raging next to your bare skin or animal skin rug. I don't know. I don't know what, what my obsession is with this bearskin rug. But today we have a super special guest, my really good friend, Erica Chidi Cohen, who's a co-founder and CEO of a women's center in Los Angeles called Loom. So we're going to be breaking down sort of the ins and outs of understanding the female body, some sex tips. I'm going to just save it. You just got to tune in and about eight minutes or less. Um, But Winter Reds is an introduction. I kind of like to go in two different directions in my mind when, whether it's a bearskin rug moment or it's like just a cozy night watching a movie, have a fire raging, maybe there's a bearskin rug. I like to go with either a lighter red wine that you don't need food with. It's very drinkable. It's kind of making your palate salivate. Or I like to go with something that has a little bit more fortitude. It's a little bit stronger. It has more tannins. Like it's definitely not something you would want to drink in July, but it's something you can savor and you can sip on and you can just sort of let it evolve in your glass. You would not rush through it. It's not like a chuggable, chilled red. It's something that should be dissected and taken a little bit more seriously. 
so to speak. So today I had three wines and one of them, as soon as we got to the studio, it's such a bummer. And I thought I'd talk about it because it's something that people don't really understand necessarily intuitively about wine is that there are flaws that wine can have. And sometimes these flaws are very minor and can add character to the wine. But most often these flaws inhibit the wine from truly displaying what it could be and can be undrinkable. So I brought a bottle of the L'Esprit de Horizon and it's this beautiful wine that's a blend of Syrah and Grenache and a little bit of Carignan and it's made in the southwest of France and it was exhibiting exhibiting this flaw called volatile acidity VA. And what that means is there is just too much imbalance in the wine for it to be palatable. VA can be a very cool thing that's like racy in white wine or in red wine can be just like a little bit of zip and pop. But in this case, it was kind of turning the wine into a kimchi kind of sour. It was souring it. So that was a bummer. But luckily we had two rock stars. Um, the first one is a couple, Marie and Vincent Tricot. I just got my allocation of these wines. They're incredibly romantic, super special. It's, you know, if you go to Paris and you go to like sexy little wine bars, this is what you want to drink. They always have it. It's micro quantities, but I brought their Trois Bonnes Hommes and it's a hundred percent Pinot Noir grown in an area of the Loire Valley called Auverge. And the winemakers uh, ended up buying four and a half hectares of organically farmed pre-phylloxera vines there, which it's one of the like only regions that was not affected by phylloxera. Uh, phylloxera was a disease that like, uh, it was actually a bug that kind of destroyed a lot of the vines in Europe. We can do a totally different podcast on that because it's fascinating. So these were not affected by that, which means they have all this integrity and strength. Um, the soil there, limestone, clay, basalt. Their winemaking approach is definitely one of wild yeast fermentation, organic farming. They take it a little bit further. They don't add sulfur. They don't do filtering. They don't do fining. And the result is this beautiful, almost like crushed, macerated, but almost overly ripe strawberry color and essence. But it has this tannic structure that hits your palate and it creates this salivation. It creates this salivation like you're you're in the moment, you're in the mood, you're ready to just like sip on this wine. It's not too serious, but it's very, very satisfying and it's low in alcohol. So if you have a glass or a glass and a half, you're not going to get three sheets to the wind. The other winter red, or also a good bearskin rug option, is Bordeaux. I think people don't understand Bordeaux. It took me a while to understand it, even though when I started my career as a sommelier, I opened Bordeaux after Bordeaux after Bordeaux. I was lucky to taste these Bordeaux from 1982 over and over and over again. And like these are some of the most expensive wines in the world. It was absolutely mind-blowing. But it was my first exposure and it was cool. But for me, I wanted to learn more. I wanted more nuance. But what's great about Bordeaux is it's kind of like lying under a cozy blanket. Um, so I brought a wine from Chateau Massereau and it's from the Graves region of Bordeaux, which is, is, is kind of like a 30 mile stretch that's southeast of the actual city of Bordeaux. And it's on the left bank uh 
around, near a town called Barsac, and that's where Chateau Mastro is. They've been organic farming since 2000. It's a blend of mostly Cab Franc with Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdot. Those are all the red grape varietals that are blended together. They're all grown in alluvial soils. What's beautiful about this wine is that they do the fermentation and the maceration in concrete tanks and then age the wine in old barriques. So there's no new oak on this. And so you can really taste the nuance of the red grapes, their structure. It's dense. It's like it's 2011. So it has a little bit of age on it. It feels like you're getting into something serious. Like it feels like quote unquote red wine, but it's dope. Bordeaux can be a little polarizing. We're going to do a little episode on Bordeaux, but basically it's broken into two banks on either side of the river. It's left bank and right bank. So this wine, Chateau Massereau, is from the left bank. Left bank is where Cabernet Sauvignon rules. That's the general rule of left bank. It's where really famous appellations like Margot and St. Estef and wines that sell super duper high at auction are all pretty much, generally speaking, from the left bank. And there's some of like the eight best communes or what people consider the best communes or areas in Bordeaux are on the left bank in a, and and that's often referred to, those eight communes are referred to as the Medoc. Um, This is where all of the first growth Bordeaux's are, have their classification. And that's really just like the bee's knees or the Grand Cru, like first growth is the best of the best. And it was back in 1855 that that classification was established, which now we're at 2018, almost 2019. It seems so funny that those rules still stand. But then you go over to the right bank, The right bank has some varying styles. It has more terroir. It does have the areas of Pomerol and Saint-Emilion, which are probably the two most famous. Uh, They're more Merlot-driven. Pomerol has a super famous clay soil. So anyway, that's just a teaser of kind of Bordeaux and how it's so bearskin rug and it makes you want to sear a steak or do something with the person that you love or people that you love. I find that it's... um, it's a cool, Bordeaux's cool. And some people used to call it boring, like instead of Bordeaux, it's boring. And I think we, we just need to find the right producers at the accessible price points so people can jump back into it. Anyway, I am going to segue into this moment of magical mystery that we are unveiling with my good friend, Erica Chidi Cohen. We are going to be delving into all things bearskin in one second. Thanks. Hi, we're back. This is Wine Face, and I got my special guest in the studio, the stude with me. Her name is Erica Chidi Cohen. Hi, Erica. Hi. So excited to have you here. Very excited to be here, friend. <laughs> we are friends. We're actually friends. We're actually friends in real life. Friends first, okay, guys? Friends, friends first. always. Yeah. Friend before podcast. Friends forever. Um, Erica owns or co-owns. Correct. An amazing and founded, co-founded and co-owns an amazing place called Loom in Los Angeles. If you don't know, now you know. And she wrote a book. Wait, can you just tell us a little bit about like give the people people your background because cool. they definitely don't know and they need to know. Great. So <clears throat> stepping on my <laughs> soapbox. So I am the co-founder and CEO of Loom. We provide empowered education from periods to parenting and whether you're trying to figure out what's going on with your periods or you are trying to get more in touch with your sexuality and and understand it from a more embodied place or if you're currently pregnant or parenting under the first year. 
we have got you or at least something for you. And I also wrote a book called Nurture that focuses on pregnancy and moving through it in a way that, again, feels authentic and, you know, and and focused on you because I really feel that so many books and kind of what motivated me while I was writing the book was that so many books are kind of speaking at you as opposed to kind of speaking to you and and being in this more collaborative conversation. And so um, the book is out there. And it nurtures. It does. It's, and, and it's available wherever good books are sold. I've not been <laughs> pregnant yet, but I feel like a lot of books are kind of scaring you yes. by under the mascot of being informative, Correct. which I feel like is such a good sort of symbol of most of women's health like mm-hmm. women's health growing up it was like everything's scary yeah and it's bad and it's wrong it's a lot of dun 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 yeah like and then you get your period wah wah yeah you're just <laughs> like well I guess I gotta go through this now yeah. there's a lot of that but I feel like what you are doing that is so cool and revolutionary in my mind is that you're changing the way women, you're giving pe- women the permission to think about it differently. And you're opening the door for the conversation to be framed in a different way. And my experience of Loom is one that's like, take all that is special about you and instead of giving it this negativity, feed a way to empower it by better understanding it. Totally. And I think the thing is, you know, we always have to acknowledge the patriarchy, rest in peace, but it definitely has <laughs> informed <laughs> 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 sound effects. It does. We should have a little board here for and all that <laughs> explode. But, you know, the patriarchy has informed so much of how we as women or female identifying people understand our bodies. We've definitely been shaped and, you know, kind of, we've been shaped and we've also been uh, motivated, or I'm trying to think of a better word. Uh, We've been shaped and also rewarded to not ask a lot of questions about our bodies. And I think that that is definitely changing. There's an interest now in understanding how our bodies work. And my main thing is you should know how it works before something goes wrong. And you should always be coming to yourself and and, and exploring your body from a place of understanding as opposed to a place of kind of like dysregulation. Yeah. So, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's making it, making that learning experience fun and approachable and and not so kind of esoteric and and woo-woo that you're like, oh, that's not for me. It's like, no, cycle tracking's for you. Yeah. It's for anybody that's that's cycling. And by cycling, I mean having a period. Not Lance Armstrong, guys. Yeah. It is the flow. Flow comes to town. Ant flow. See you next Tuesday. Yep. No, that's actually, not that. <laughs> actually, see in about seven days. I'm in my luteal phase, so this is no also one knows mean, what that means. Luteal phase means I'm in the home stretch before my uterus starts to bleed, and that means from a cognitive and an emotional standpoint that I am feeling kind of low. And you want to eat carbs? Definitely want to eat carbs, even though I'm on this protocol right now that really encourages me not to eat gluten. We're figuring it out. And okay. <laughs> on top of that, just you know, language is is a little bit more, you know, janky. It's like, mm. I got the words. They're trying to come down from the brain. They're trying to come out the mouth, but it's like. Whew. So the bottom line is you got to give the ladies a break. Yeah. We got a lot going on. What do you think? What's the, like, what is the top for someone who's not pregnant, who's coming to see you at Loom? 
when what is the main piece of knowledge or couple pieces that like have the jaw drop where people like women are like I had no idea that that is happening in my body well like to to explain the level of disconnect that like I would say more than half the nation's women probably have well I'll say this and it's less so much what's happening in the body during the pregnancy I'll just say you know when we talk about birth most people think if you are going to you know tear during delivery that the terror is going to be you looking down at your vagina and just seeing a zip in terms of how many stitches or suturing is going to have to happen. But what most people don't know is that, you know, vaginal tissue, you know this because you've obviously either felt inside of your vagina or had something inside that has given you this impression. But the inside of your vagina is 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 mucosa it's it's like the inside of your mouth mm. so you know when you've ever burnt or tear or torn or had anything kind of rupture in your mouth you know it doesn't feel great obviously but the healing is very different it's to really if you, fast it's very fast and it's it's very fast and it's also very different to having a cut on your arm or your leg and so one, most of the tears, first and second degree tears, which is what most women or people experience during delivery, are internal, which means they're inside, yeah. which means they're on the walls, like the lateral walls of the vagina. So it's like, yeah, seems like best. So the, the healing is a little bit more rapid and it's a little bit more sophisticated as opposed to a tear that's on skin as we know it. And I think when people... Because there's sh- oxygen. That yeah. Like, yeah and there's constant moisture and there's like mm. no real exposure to like the outside world, quote unquote. You got to get a finger condom on. Yeah. You just got to be like, <laughs> hey, you know, and when you think about that for that's tearing a for lot... cooking. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool, 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 cool. You can use a finger, you can use your finger condom for a couple of things. I feel like whenever I see, I have a, a body worker, I see that will do like, you know, myofascial muscle work oh, yeah. in my mouth. Jaw release. Jaw release. And we'll use a finger condom. What but, about for non-pregnant women? Um, Biggest like well, mind, oh, my mind's blown. Well, I can say what mine is. But. Well, you can, I, I, I'd rather have you kind of lean in, but just to wrap that up, I think when people hear that it's not going to necessarily be external, it's going to be internal, it's more like your mouth, they're like, oh. It's not like, it's not like the Joker and Batman yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like, okay, like I think this is more manageable. But yeah. you were saying... Oh, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me was that, like, I kind of knew this, but before I met you, I didn't realize, like, how drastically your hormones can change every single week of a 30-day period. And that, like, that indicates many different things, including mood and energy and how, like, and how those two interact together. 100. Yeah. I give ourselves a break. I know. Well, I think... And made me so envious of men. I know. Well, look, they have a lot less hormonal variability, at least from my understanding. You know, we do have this kind of shift where, you know, you know, things are going up, things are going down and it impacts our mood a lot and it impacts just sometimes our productivity and our, you know, our just general kind of efficacy in the world. But what I will say is when you do understand your cycle, it it's like cognitive behavioral therapy in a way. Like all of a sudden it's like today I'm in my luteal phase. So I know that like this podcast will be fire, but it could be even more fire if I was here in my follicular no. phase or my hey, ovulatory girl, phase. You are always invited back. So oh, we can cool. do it again. We can do part two. So why do people, why do women pack a bottle of wine sometimes, red wine specifically, for labor? What's the deal with that? So I, it's funny. <laughs> and you're mentioning this because I had a client recently who was like, I got some Helens in my hospital suitcase. And I was like, yes, you do. Yeah. Um, she got also, a good bottle. Really good bottle. Yeah. And they're just such an awesome cup. I mean, like, it just, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, look. 
alcohol can be very helpful. You know, they obviously are in a hospital, so they're going to have it after their baby to be like, celebrate. But alcohol can be great in early labor to relax, you know, contractions as they're happening. Um, But again, you'd want to talk to your care provider about whether or not that's cool for you. But yes, over the eons, we've discovered that alcohol can have a relaxing effect on the body and help just make contractions a little bit easier in the beginning anyway, like a little half glass of wine. Mm. Um, But, you know, wine is like, I don't know, wine's a pretty cool thing. And actually, when I was thinking about what you were saying was kind of like the jaw drop moment in terms of what you've experienced with working with me and Loom, I think I'm hearing so much more about wine now in our sex class. Yeah. So it's a great segue because you just said like half a glass helps relax your contractions. But this episode is called Bearskin Rug for a reason. It is. Light the fire. <laughs> so tell us about what are you hearing about wine? Like how in in your professionalism are you hearing about wine as it interplays with sex and what people's relationship to it is? Well, I'll speak personally to start. I mean, I love wine. I'm not really a big drinker. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I always think when I fill out any medical forms, like, how many units of alcohol do you have per week? And I'm always like, I'm like two to five and like two to five in the space of like two days of the week. You know, so it's always just like it's an enjoyable experience for me. But I will say, you know, when I get into the kitchen or I'm thinking about, okay, tonight, like I want to get into it, you know, set the mood, set the mood. You know, I love what a glass of wine can do. And I'm not drinking a glass of wine to escape and like check out. But I'm I'm having a glass of wine because I'm like, I wanna just I wanna pull I wanna pull a little bit deeper into my body and come a little bit out of the thinking and, and almost into the to feeling. Increase your intimacy not on a mental level, yeah. sort of on a subliminal yeah. level. Yeah. And like I've been with my partner now for, you know, eight years. So I, I it's definitely not a it's not a it's not like a major lubricant for us, <laughs> but it definitely is like an assist. It's yeah. like, hey, you're sipping some wine. Calm down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then in it's our- It's a signal. It's a signal. It's a signal. It's a signal. Yeah. I would say definitely like depending on the situation, it's definitely something that like Alex and I will never be like, we need to drink two bottles of wine to do it. Yeah. But like it's a signal. <laughs> it's a signifier. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's enjoy a glass and then like we'll enjoy the wine later too. You know what I yeah. mean? It's yeah. like it's kind of agreeing to get in the zone. Yeah. What have you heard from like other people? Well, you know, in our sex class, which is my favorite class to teach at Loom right now, and w- the, the premise of the class really is to discover how to just really embrace your sexuality from your own perspective. So less about how you perform with partners, but more about how you experience sex yourself. And not feel embarrassed. Yeah. Like feel empowered. Totally empowered. And, you know, we talk about anatomy. We talk about, you know, orgasms. We talk about just all the things that are kind of like outlying the experience in a way. But one of the things that we talk about are things that turn you on and things that turn you off. Mm. And it's interesting, you know, wine has come up often as a thing that turns people on. It's a part of their kind of arousal template of like, yeah, that's really helpful. And it's not like I need a bottle or two. Yeah. It's like, it's it's nice. It's kind of like in the, in the atmosphere. And so I've, I've heard that a lot. And sometimes it's wine. Sometimes it's a little bit of cannabis. Like I'm, I, those are kind of two things that are there. And then interestingly, 
it also, for some people, is on their turnoffs list if they drink too much. They yeah. feel like they can't perform. Or if they're, or a turnoff is if their partner drinks too much. Um, and so it's- Because then you're suddenly out of sync. Yes. That's what I've found. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't work. You guys kind of, you have to be on the same like wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. Every, you got to be like kind of toe for toe. Mm. Um, but wine is definitely, and I don't, I, I don't know if like empirically or clinically it's an aphrodisiac, but it definitely is, like you said, a signifier. It helps people be like, okay. Okay, we're in this zone now. Well, because technically it's a suppressant, yes. which is like the way I was thinking about it. Whereas like the only alcohol that's a stimulant is tequila mm-hmm. and like cannabis can be a stimulant if it's a sativa. Yeah. But wine technically is a suppressant, mm-hmm. which I think is, I think there's that magic hour with the quantity mm-hmm. to drink, which I think is like not actually as much as people believe. Um, but it's so interesting to me. Like I just remember being younger and feeling like the need to be like more numb to be more myself, which I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah, same. And it's just like such a awful place to be because then you end up not even showing what you're actually turns you on. You are showing a version of that or a projection of what you think your partner wants. Exactly. And it's so not satisfying. Yeah, it's not. And, you know, the thing that's interesting is, you know, for me, I am a... I'm a self-described bossy bottom, so I don't need to be (laughs) dominant in bed, but I I definitely need to have all my faculties so I can be like, yeah, more of this, less of that, you know? And so if I'm, you know, two sheets to the wind, it's not really fun for me because I'm not able to kind of ask for what I need. Right. Um, And so it is nice to feel, you know, engaged, even if there is a little bit of vino, you know, in the system. Vino for your bearskin rug night. Hey. Hope this inspires everyone to not only get a bearskin rug, borrow your friend's fireplace. I mean, just all the things. Set I, it up. I like. I love like <laughs> when people are like, "Yeah, we just you know bearskin rug on the floor." Like all those movies. We I'm actually like, have a skin rug in our bedroom. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> okay. sometimes we sit on it and we eat takeout and we watch TV <laughs> that and great you too. know and we make our way towards yeah. towards the sex. <laughs> like first stop takeout. <laughs> yeah. Thai. Food. I mean, food, food is, is very sexual. It is. It is. Can people watch, like, how for the people who are not in Los Angeles? So you could go to your website, sign up for sex class. It seems to be like one of the most popular things that you're doing right now. Yeah, and you just sure. started it. Um, how can the people outside of LA engage with this? So, or are you working on it? Can we? Yeah. It, yeah. It a so little. a couple things. Really fun news. We're actually going to be starting a podcast series here at Dear Media. What? 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 Shout out. <laughs> fam, fam, fam. <laughs> so we're going to be doing that. And it's actually going to be a live podcast series so at cool. Loom. Um, it's like almost a kind of, I don't know, like a... a, a a reimagining of our This Matters kind of conversation series that we've been having. And that will be a great way for you to listen in and hear about all the things that we're obsessed about uh, at Loom. And then we are working on exploring what a digital platform could look like. And we're planning to kind of go out and um, make that happen in 2019, 2020. But people can like stream your sex class. Yes. Once the pod launches in when? Uh, So people can... So they won't. So they actually oh, won't be able to stream sorry. anything. <laughs> but you can ch- you can listen to the podcast yeah, listen, when it comes out. In, like subscribe. Yeah, yeah, you can subscribe to the podcast when it comes out in February. Oh my and God. what's it called? It's called This Matters at Loom. Totally matters. We're talking about things that matter, people. This shit matters. matters. I think people don't 
I think people underestimate how important this is, how important connectivity with your partner, making time for it. I had a partner in my past life who literally once told me that sex was not the most important thing in a relationship. And it wasn't even in the top three for them. And I literally, it changed a lot of things for me. Yeah. And that was really heartbreaking. Like it's definitely not the most important thing, but it's really important in my current relationship that it exists and that we engage in it. Um, which brings me to a question because you have experience with this. You are also a doula. Um, what is the, what's your advice for parents who, you know, maybe they're pregnant, pr- approaching, giving birth, you know, there is that like, no flex zone, like off limits, sexy times. I'm sure people could do other stuff. Like, have you had, do you have any advice for new parents on reconnecting? You're tired. You got a baby. You know, it is one of my biggest fears about having a baby, I think, is mm-hmm. becoming alienated from mm-hmm. a partner. Well, and how wine might be. <laughs> wine might be there for, well, look, I also, got, we got to chill on the culture of like wine, wineness and like mom juice. Like we don't, I feel like the wine thing is there to be supportive and, and helpful, but it shouldn't be a crutch. Yeah. Just as that FYI. Preach, preach. But um, I think the reality and this is something I personally subscribe to. I'm all about quality over quantity. Oh, me too. So I'm like, if we are just getting down and we're having some good sex fairly regularly, like whatever, even if it's like two times a month, but it's hot, there's orgasms and it's like, you're still thinking about it and you're still getting off about it, you know, a few months down the line. Great. So I think that's the one thing, like for new parents, just generally. You don't need to be like having sex multiple times a week. Definitely. Take that pressure off. Take take it off. But definitely think more about the quality that you're having. And if you are in a, regardless of whether you're, you know, queer and in a, you know, a non-hetero partnership or a hetero partnership, think about having clear communications about what you actually want and what you actually like. That's a really important thing because after for, you know, for pregnant people, after you have a baby, your body feels a little different. Mm. Like sex feels a little different. Even just like, you know, getting fingered can feel really different. Mm. So it's, it's, it's starting to, and that's like another component to intimacy. You know, when we look at the word intimacy, it's like into me, you see. And so it's like really developing it more so that, you know, when you have your partner inside you, or if they have a toy inside you, you're able to be like, oh, that doesn't feel really good. And that might be really hard because maybe that's something you never really wanted to say to your partner when you were, you know, pre-baby because you're just like, I'll do whatever for my partner and it doesn't matter. But it might be a time now where you need to talk more about what you need. So, you know, quantity over quality, communication about whatever actually feels quality good. over quantity yeah what did i say quantity, <laughs> quantity yeah. over sorry <laughs> it's no. all good i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. come backing it up but yeah quality over quantity communication and then also just realizing you know in the first year after having a baby if you're choosing to breastfeed or chest feed um depending on however you identify the hormones that really help support breastfeeding specifically oxytocin is the same hormone that's released when you're having an orgasm oh, so i didn't know that yeah so what what happens is, you know, oxytocin is helping the smooth muscle in the breast contract around the milk duct so that when you, you know, when your baby is suckling and the milk is released, you're just getting really washed with oxytocin all the time, which is why for a lot of people when breastfeeding or chest feeding is going well, they like love it. You're just getting that hit all day long, which means you typically are a little less interested in having sex. Because you're getting you're that getting release. It. You get Got that release it. on so the So that normal. makes sense. And that's good for men to know. Yeah. And, and, and I think and a lot of men don't know. They don't know that. And also if you're in a, you know, in a or group, not just yeah. 
men. Yeah, but, but queer partnership too. It's yeah, like you, sorry, they, no, don't be sorry. It's all good. But I, in your head, it's like whoever the partner is needs to know that, and you need to know on both ends. One. For the person that's doing the feeding, you're going to have to kind of, like, reach out a little bit from, like, you know, almost like you're in, like, a thick, like, fog. You're going to have to, like, reach out and find your partner because you're getting all the loved of energy vibes in your body all day. And then they got to know they got to come get you, too. Right. And so you got to really work hard to to move away from the impasse mm. and the inertia because it, it can really – and the partner can feel like, oh, maybe they're not as into me anymore. And it's actually not that. It's just hormonally things are set up a little differently. It's a dual cocoon escape it is it is it's like sometimes i just am so like you know i think i'm a very open-minded progressive person but i'm like wow i have so lacking of identity to like not that i judge or anything but like even just what i just said i'm just like i don't know how to identify like in mainstream i think most americans of like a queer partnership or Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. a non-traditional I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. But, no, I'm not embarrassed. I'm just like, it's very... You're I'm, contemplating. I'm very openly self-reflective. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not like that embarrassed. I'm just like, yeah, like, my reality is not the reality of everyone. Yeah. And sometimes I really, like, I think it's really healthy to remind yourself of that yeah. in the moments when you realize you are not reminding yourself. Yeah. Or you just, like, are so, like, okay, like, I'm white. Remind yourself you're white. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And work, I think with the work that I do, I'm constantly always oscillating beyond myself, you know? And although like that oscillation is not that difficult for me because, you know, I am not in the dominant culture. I'm black. I'm also queer. And so I'm always thinking that kind of in that outer or kind of more micro sense in a, in a way. So yeah. And also I'm, I'm an educator. So I'm always just like, that the use of verbiage and pronouns is just kind of like I know you're such on. an educator, teacher, teacher, teacher. Okay, let's try these bearskin rug wines. So okay, we have let's two do it. guys. We had three wines and one had too much VA. For those of you who don't know, VA is volatile acidity, Schools. and it can be a flaw. It's technically a flaw, and it can be a cool flaw. I mean, it's a flaw that comes from a low intervention wine. But the thing is, is VA exists in all kinds of wines. Um, and it was just too, like, volatile. And it kind of felt like it's, like, stabby. Um, Don't want to stab. No stabby. No stab. So I picked this wine because it's made by a couple, a sexy couple, Very Maria nice. Vincent Tricot. And this is the Trois Bon Homme. And it's Pinot Noir. Right? <laughs> it's just, like, really fun and playful. This label is so good. It like, looks like it's drawn oh with gosh. a crayon. Jordi would love this. This is so It's definitely a funky wine. So I feel like sometimes setting the mood when you're bearskin rugging it, Mm -hmm. there's two ways you're going. One, you're going just like a low alcohol, kind of easy to drink. Maybe it's a little funky. doesn't need to be a natural wine, but like whatever. It's a little chill. And you're just like, it's not really drinking it to have intoxication. You're just drinking it to like set the vibe. So I kind of picked this one. Like it? What are you? Yeah, I'm curious. All right, I'm going to have a little taste. It just smells like. Rotten strawberries, but mm, it actually does. It does smell a little like rotten strawberries. <laughs> but in the best possible way. Yeah. Mm. No, no, no. That's true. I, I like this wine. It. You know what I like about it is it has texture on the palate and it salivates. Mm-hmm. You create sal- saliva after you sip it. Oh, so Erica told me before we started recording that she did take a sommelier course and she just showed me her moves. Yeah. <laughs> 
Show me your moves in South Africa. In South Africa. South Africa. South Africa. I should have I done South of the Border Wines is what I thought because it's also like South of the Border. Wink, really, wink. Know what I mean? <laughs> going South. Babe, are you going to go South of the Border? That's what we're doing. I'm actually going to do this again because yeah. I feel, oh, wow, well, I spilled on myself. That's also my such vibe. such a sexy wine. It jumped Just out of the glass. out here. Okay, so it's a beautiful color. It's sort of this like frosty rose and frosty because it's like not fully mm-hmm. clear. It's unfiltered, but it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting berry. Getting it's like berry, but it's dry. Yeah, it's dry. But it, you get you get the salivation. Yeah, keeps you wanting more. It the kind of tinny thing, too. It's a little bit like tin. Yeah, tin. Yeah, it's got a metallic. Yeah, aspect. Well, t- not too, but not t- not overly tannic though either. It's more just like I like a sexy time wine that salivates your mm-hmm, mouth because mm-hmm. it makes kiss. It's like it's you're like good. Ooh, the worst thing is like if you smoke <laughs> the wrong weed and it oh, gives you cotton boy. mouth. Yeah. Like, Okay, let's get the water wow. bottle. Yeah, <laughs> let's get that out. <laughs> I haven't had a cotton mouth cannabis Me moment in, in a geez, long time. Long time. Like, so I'm, so scary. Yeah, very scary. scary. Spice. Yeah, we were talking about Britney Spears earlier. We were. I, you know, I had uh, I had harkened back to um, the Slave for You video, and I was just like, God, that video is like actually kind of fire. I remember being home and like watch in South Africa at the time, like watching it on MTV and just being like, what is this? And it was a good foreplay video. It's just like, yeah. I mean like her like heaving on all those people and like (laughs) get her face licked. I was like, (laughs) cool. Yeah. Cool cool camera angle. I should just go see her in Vegas. I feel like I should just like pull the trigger and just be like, let's do this. It's Britney bitch. It's Britney bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Wine number two. Wine number two. That's burn a badge. Um, wine number two, I picked a, a Bordeaux. Okay. I um, love a Bordeaux. I know. I was like, let's get it. But it's not too full body. It's also much darker. It's more of a plum color. Exactly. Yeah. It's darker. It's richer. It's more mysterious. Yeah. It's second base, third base. Hey, oh, third base. Do you ever, I mean, maybe the bases should come back. Yeah. I don't know. Do you ever talk about that in sex class? You know, no bases. No. But I can always know. I, I love a good, like, I might bring that. I might you bring should. that in. It might be a cool thing, like a not a game, but like an exercise. Yeah, like what is first base for you? Yeah, for some people it's just like sex. Yeah, first cool. base, you know, <laughs> or like a, you I know, don't know. I don't want to know what a home run is. <laughs> maybe, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you do. You do. Maybe, maybe you do. I think the listeners do want to know. Okay, so this is Chateau Massaro, 2011. Very different. Bordeaux. It's from Graves. Uh, so it's a blend of Cab Franc, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Carmenere. It kind of has a little bit of everything in there. So a lot more depth, more darkness, seven years of age. Not getting much berry at all with Mm-mm. that one. Not nada. Nada. That wine means business. Yeah. It's like I'm here to pay the bill. But it's still good. <laughs> yeah. It does taking you out. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like maybe you sear a steak in a cast iron. Yes. Have a glass of this. That's really let good. Let the steak rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Revisit that steak later. Come back. <laughs> Your proverbial piece of meat. You know. Or if you don't eat meat, syrup portobello mushroom. Totally. That's <laughs> absolutely fine. Actually, it can be really great. A little balsamic vinegar. It can be good. Uh, yeah. yeah. It can be okay. Um, favorite wine of the two? I actually am going to say that I like the Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Noir Noir. <laughs> Nor. If you can get your hands on a visual of this label, it's it's kind of worth it. It's just kind of like... Go to helenswines.com, at helenswines. I'm going to post it. Wonderful. I got you. Yeah, this is good. 
in closing, yes. now, anything, um, you know, please go visit. What's the website for Loom? This is Loom.com. This is Loom.com. Check out Erica's book, Nurture, especially if you're pregnant or if you're not pregnant. Totally. If you're a man or a woman, any, however you identify, it's cool to know because whoever, you definitely know someone who's going through totally. that process. Yep. And I think empathy is underrated. It is underrated. And I, yeah, it's actually super underrated. It's a nice book to get for anybody that's like in your chosen family that's going to be kind of along for the ride with this experience, especially if you um, don't have a partner too. I think it's nice to just get your community to be Ooh. reading the same thing. I love that. Um, and you can find me on the interwebs at just my whole entire name. Okay. Um, bef- after an at. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Erica Chico-Cohen. On Instagram. On the gram. Yeah. She's got a great gram, guys. Go check it out. So, at Erica Chidi Cohen. My new mantra these days is nice is the new cool. Cool. I'm into it. <laughs> and you embody this so much. You're so nice. I know. Okay. Thank you so much for coming. So nice. Shout out to Madi. Yes, Madi. Who kind of introduced us, yes, actually. Yes, yes. Well, we knew each other, but like sealed the deal. Yeah, we, we nailed it down. Check her out, Mari Coco. Love Mariko. <laughs> That's a, yeah. She's so great. I know. She's got to come on and talk That's to me. That's actually what I was about, about to say. real estate. Mm-hmm. Real, real estate, estate and wine. And wine. Yeah. Like Closing it. deals. Closing deals. And opening new doors. Sending people wine. Yeah. After. <laughs> it's real. Erica, thank you so much. Thanks for it having me. It was a pleasure. Me. More soon. I can't wait to have you back. Me too. Ciao, right. ciao. Bye. Bye. This was Wine Face, y'all. Thank you for listening. Um, If you want any more information on any of these topics or you want some suggestions on more wines, please go to at Helen's Wines. Please feel free to DM me. I will answer all of your questions or visit us online, helenswines.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Please write us a review. Any topics that you want to know about, any mysteries of wine you want to unveil, I would love to get your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. You can DM me at at helenswines.com and you will be guaranteed to hear from me. Thank you so much. This is Wine Face. We're out. 